The truth with our traditional healthcare system is super simple. It don't work. Some more eloquently say it sucks. Every year you are paying more money, getting less coverage and care for your dollar. So it leads to a really important question. Why is this happening? Along with how is this even legal and who's getting away with it? Who's behind this? And what can you do to get the care you need without getting scammed or ripped off? These are big questions, but everybody is asking them. Everybody's thinking it. And while there is a ton of finger pointing out there and heated debates, in this episode, I am joined by the pharmacist who knows the answers to all these questions, as well as practical solutions you can use to get better quality care today at a fraction of the price that you have been paying. No, this is not a sales pitch for something. It's a reality for how to navigate the healthcare system and get what you deserve at a price that doesn't put you into bankruptcy. And the man to lead you through that is a dear friend, colleague, and leading expert on rescripting pharmacy and the entire healthcare system as we know it. Welcome back to the podcast, Dr. Kyle McCormick. Thank you. Just get so energized whenever I listen to you. <laughs> yes. Thank you for having me. Dude, I'm so excited because literally this topic, I get a ton of DMs from both pharmacists, healthcare providers, like why are my meds going up? How come this was 10 bucks last year, but now it's 200 and, and patients, people at my church, like what is going on with healthcare? So I thought, I need to leverage my platform to get the truth out. And the best person I know, literally, of all the healthcare professionals that I know in this area is you. Because you don't talk theory. You take the truth and you put it into practice. And you've been doing this for like your whole career. And it's really extraordinary. And I just want to take a moment and say thank you because you are redefining what's possible. And you're just literally changing the game in so many different areas and in so many different ways. And you've given me the honor to be a part of it. Uh, so I just want to start off by saying thank you for being the pharmacist and the man of integrity that you are, because it, it's absolutely incredible. And you say that I energize you. Well, you inspire me, man. So so seriously, thank you for all that you do. Yeah, and thank you for having the uh, guts to jump right in. Uh, <laughs> take the leap of faith because... Uh, yeah, a lot of people out there saying it can't be done or, or you know, it's not not uh, the future or there's too many barriers in place. And I think as we keep hitting milestones, I think we're as a team just proving that all wrong. Yes. And, and we're going to jump into what that team is and what exactly you and I are doing with with pharmacy and healthcare. But I just want to get to the heart of the issue real quick. Healthcare is a mess and people keep paying more and more money for their premiums for their monthly costs for their copays for all the things yet they keep getting worse coverage less coverage more red tape and all that trash and everyone seems to be pointing the finger at the insurance companies but that's not really the whole story so for those wondering you know what's going on why did care keep going and people say insurance people say politicians who is behind pulling the strings behind the rising costs of healthcare and the medical care in the United States. What is the source, the cause of this whole issue? 
That's a big question. (laughs) (laughs) And I usually use a lot of graphics to describe this. So doing it in audio form, I hope that we don't lose anybody. Uh, But very high level, I'd answer that question with the lack of a free market Mm. um, and lack of transparency. I think if we were to make an analogy to other fields, I I once heard AJ Loyakino of Capital Rx, a transparent pharmacy benefit manager, describe somebody, a patient navigating healthcare, as somebody going grocery shopping without any prices being listed. And just having somebody walking by them saying, alongside them in the form of a PBM saying, you know, oh, this one you get 20% off, this one you get 50% off, and making decisions based on that model where you don't see true prices. Um, and all, all that layers of obfuscate, obf, obf, um, I'm not even going to use big words, <laughs> all those layers <laughs> that prevent the transparency. Um, so I, I like that analogy. And I think that the high level, the answer would be lack of a free market, lack of transparency in the healthcare system. And so there are several people protecting that that layer of um, covering uh, coverage and uh, that lack of transparency, including, you know, Ignorance, um, and I don't mean ignorance and, and intentional ignorance, but more purely just not understanding healthcare fully enough in the form of legislators, you know, insurance companies who are shareholder backed to sole purpose is to drive greater returns. Um, and, and you can only drive returns so high before we bankrupt America. We have brokers who know that the system's broken, but the only thing they have to sell is crappy insurance products. So they just continue you know, selling crappy insurance products. From a patient level, it's hard to blame patients because they're just trying to get healthy and, and get health care. And um, so I can't really put it on them because they shouldn't have to navigate. Um, so I think even the people that understand it, providers that understand it, um, not wanting to change because it's too profitable, maybe things like that. So there's there are many layers, but I'd say the lack of transparency and free market approach is probably one of the, the big things. So lack of transparency. So when you have something listed, like you said, in in a grocery store, and if anyone's ever been to one of those super fancy restaurants where you get the menu and there's no price, it it, it, kind (laughs) of, it tweaks you a little way like, "Mm, I don't know what what I'm going to get here. Um, But yeah, that's the feeling. But imagine that with medication that you need or that your kidneys. The the, the big difference in that analogy, because that's a perfect analogy, but in in the in that restaurant, you've cho- chosen to go there, right? You've made a conscious decision to yes. go there. In healthcare, you have to go to that restaurant, right? Because everybody looks that way. Like all healthcare system looks that way, regardless of what hospital you go to for an emergency need or uh, whatever pharmacy you walk into. There are no such thing as priceless until you've got that script in front of you, until you've received that amount of care, and then you're like, oh, this is the cost, okay, right? So it's that conscious decision of going to that restaurant versus you kind of just have to in healthcare because you're at a point where you need that you need that service or that medication. And then with with that same point of pricing and then also having to go places, a lot of times we have to go to certain pharmacies if we have certain types of insurance. We can only see certain types of doctors and certain types of health system plans. And while we all see the insurance companies t- dictating that, there's another player that few people are aware of, even in the healthcare space. So whether you're a patient or a healthcare professional listening to this, there is something called a PBM or a pharmacy benefit manager that is at play with a lot of these things. 
directing, forcing you to do one thing or the other, whether you're a healthcare provider or a patient, directing access and pay to what you need to manage your condition or even stay alive depending on your condition. So can you kind of give a little intro of what is a PBM, a pharmacy benefit manager, and how does that play into the healthcare system and where we are today with the issues that we're facing? Yeah, and I know, and I'm not the best historian, healthcare historian, but probably helps to understand how they came into existence. And high level, and based on what little knowledge I have of PBMs, that kind of they were born out of um, the need for managing a pharmacy benefit. So you had employers after World War II who wanted to start offering healthcare as a benefit. Um, in addition to, you know, wages uh, for their employees. And so, you know, and then more drugs started hitting the market and there was, it was pre-internet, pre-computers. And so you needed an entity to help manage payment for those services, for that benefit for the employees, because employees would use multiple pharmacies. Pharmacies would then be contracted with different insurance companies. So, you, you know, you'd have pharmacies that needed to get paid for those services and you had employers that, were, you know, not healthcare managers, they're, they're, you know, they're manufacturers or different things like that. So you, you had to have a management system come in and say, hey, we will manage this benefit for you. We will help contract with those pharmacies. We will help reimburse those pharmacies. We will help negotiate prices for you. Um, we will help create formularies to decide what meds you as an employer should be covering for your employees versus not covering and at what tiers and what different services. So you had this management, this need for management because you had a whole bunch of brand new medications, very few generics at that time. Um, prices weren't as high as they are now, for sure. Um, that, that's even though they were brand, they were much less expensive. But you just had that management layer and that management need that arose from um, from all that, you know, uh, insurance arise. And so they served a purpose. They have served a purpose over decades, and they've helped some extent drive down pharmacy reimbursement um, and costs in a sense. Um, but also they eventually realized, Hey, we're a company too, and we can make a ton of money as this middle entity in this middle, middle layer. And especially now with internet and payment networks and, um, pharmacy management systems that can do drug utilization reviews, which are just, you know, making sure medication is safe and effective for a patient. There's much less need and a, a lower value proposition that PBMs actually serve. Um, and that management layer, uh, really is not providing as much value as they are extracting from the system. And that's really the core of the problem is the, is the PBMs. They have so many different ways of making money, whether it's through under reimbursing pharmacies or you know, now they're vertically integrated where this, the pharmacy owns the PBM, which owns the health insurer, which owns the doctor and keeping all the patients in that same system helps to generate re more revenue for that, that company as a whole but also um, and in doing so drive up costs for patients, consumers, um, governments, employers, everybody involved. Mm. So that sounds similar to an insurance company. So just to clarify, what is the difference between a PBM pharmacy benefit manager and an insurance company? Are they yeah. one and the same? What's the difference? And what which one has the, the controlling power over each other? Yeah, so this is, uh, so PBM would be more of the pharmacy benefit, so your prescription drug benefit. Uh, health insurance will contract that out to primarily, unless they're the same company in the form of Aetna being your health insurer and Caremark being your PBM, all under the umbrella organization of CVS Health. 
um, they're technically two different orgs under the same umbrella, right? But um, the PBM does serve a different function from a, a health insurer. Uh, typically, we kind of just lump them all under you know, the term insurance, um, but they, they are different companies. Your, insur your insurance is typically the you know, health insurance, which is managing the health medical benefit. Uh, your doctor co-pays, your doctor network, uh, the services covered through that. And then the pharmacy benefit, which would be um, so contracted out to like the big three would be Caremark, Express Scripts, and uh, Optum would be the big three PBMs. And uh, so that's usually contracted out by the health insurance company. Got it. Thank you for clarifying that because that is something that is a distinction that's very interesting. And that also ties into the next question, because from what you just said, Kyle, it sounds like you have a big entity that is pulling all the strings, not only for the patients where you can go, but also the doctors, what you can do to treat your patient. If you do this procedure that is optimal and best interest for your patient, we won't pay. If you get this medication that is the best option for your patient, we won't pay or we'll make it so expensive that we'll create enough pain that you won't afford it and you'll do what is in our best interest so that we get the best profit. That kind of sounds illegal and unethical. However, isn't that what happens today? So the question is, how is that even legal? How are they getting away with this? Yeah, I think um, I don't know enough about law <laughs> to, to, really, <laughs> to really say, but from my understanding, there's definitely, you know, there are monopolistic practices going on uh, through the vertical integration of healthcare. Um, there are things that restrict patient choice, which in theory should be a right of access for patients. Um, so in theory, some of those things uh, should be illegal, um, especially if it's paid for by taxpayer dollars. Mm -hmm. um, you should be able to choose where you get care. And that shouldn't be uh, in, in right now. It's like some some patients are actually excluded altogether from certain some, from accessing certain networks. So it's just, yeah, I, I, the legal question is really a challenging one because <laughs> there's a lot tied into that. Um, but yeah, it's definitely from a clinician perspective, very concerning as it can worsen care, delay care, make care more complex, make it more expensive, all those things. Yes. And all these things that we're talking about, who's behind this, the, the reality of where you can and can't go, what you can and can't get access, even though you are paying for insurance and you are also paying for medications. It seems like you're paying for something, but not getting a return on it. So there's a really cool analogy that you've shared with me uh, that relates to insurance and how we pay for our car insurance um, that I just want to invite you to share because I think it will really tie all these points together in explaining what the real purpose of insurance is and how there's some misperceptions and, and mismanagement by the managers of pharmacy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I... Uh... It's one of my favorite analogies to use, so I'm glad you brought it up. Um, but if we think about things that we buy insurance for in our lives, uh, outside of health insurance, we buy homeowners insurance, typically not to cover, you know, just the blind that breaks over the the or the curtain rod. It's typically to cover if there's a house fire, right? Something high cost, unknown, um, scary event, right? Car insurance, we typically buy in case we have an accident, not to cover the dents or the little things 
uh, if we hit a curb or something like that. Um, and definitely not to cover our oil changes or our gas, uh, gas for the, I'm just keeping the car running, right? And so, but in healthcare, we just, uh, there's a perception that, oh, I have health insurance that should cover that. Um, but re in reality, insurance is defined and intended for high cost, unpredictable events. If we know something's going to happen, like I'm going to have to take this medication that's very inexpensive for the rest of my life, we don't insure against that event event because it's predictable. We just purchase or, or save for that event because we know it's coming up, right? So insurance is for, at its roots, is for unintended high-cost events. And so it would be like for car insurance, taking a medication every month that we have to, like, or maybe a better example would be like getting an oil change every two months or twice a month, um, or sorry, every two months, gas, gas in our car twice a month. Uh, it's like a medication that we've got to take every day for the rest of our lives and get filled maybe twice a month or every two months or something like that, right? The funny thing is those medications, those generic medications, which is 90% plus of what we take, if we look at the actual acquisition costs, not what patients might see when they go to pick up the medication, but what we as a pharmacy pay for that drug, it actually only costs on average at our pharmacy, those acquisition costs are about $3.79. So we're, we're expecting insurance to cover things that literally cost less than an oil change or a gas for our vehicle. But for some reason in the car insurance world, we're okay with that transaction happening outside of insurance. But in healthcare, we expect it to be covered by insurance. So really what, what I'm getting at is we just have poorly designed health insurance. And what we need insurance for is the high cost unknown events. We don't need insurance to cover our our low cost generic medications that are very predictable. And in fact, we get lower costs whenever we don't involve insurance whatsoever, which is what we do at Blueberry Pharmacy. Um, so we achieve the lowest cost by just keeping insurance out of the mix and having a fair and transparent marketplace for patients to buy, buy, buy medications. Excellent. And you mentioned exactly where we're going next because we're talking a lot about the issue that we're familiar with. We're getting a little bit more dialed in on, on the source of these things. And I'm sure people listening are like, yeah, that makes sense. Like I didn't realize, but now it's okay. Well, that sounds cool. Now I understand more, but that doesn't help me pay my bills. That doesn't bring down my costs until now. <laughs> so uh, Kyle, you mentioned Blueberry Pharmacy. Uh, which is what you have founded a couple of years ago, the infamous time to launch a business, March of 2020. And you're the founder and president of Blueberry Pharmacy, which is a really interesting model because it's not your traditional pharmacy, traditional meaning service that's leaving things to be desired, long times, high prices, and low quality care, which a lot of patients that's how they describe their typical pharmacy mm -hmm. with insurance being involved. The interesting thing is this is a cash only pharmacy, no insurance involved whatsoever. Can you share a little bit about that and why, or if people who have insurance, they're already paying why they would go. And if people with insurance do go to cash only pharmacies, how that works and does that even make economic sense to go somewhere that's not what you're paying for already having insurance? Yeah. So I think if we step back to the previous analogy with car insurance um, and how really we should not want these medications to be covered in the first place. Um, 
the analogy would be that I'm sure some the car insurance company would offer to cover your oil changes. Like if you made that proposition to them, I'm sure they gladly would say, yeah, we'll cover them. But in order to get your car insurance, then um, you'll pay a hundred bucks more a month and you can only get your oil changed maybe once every two months. And you've got to go to X service center in order to do so. And um, you've got to use, we'll only cover the, um, the semi-synthetic, not the fully synthetic. And this starts to look a lot of like how pharmacy looks right now, right? You've got to go to X pharmacy. You're only allowed to fill it once a month, no vacation overrides. You uh, can only take this NSAID. You can't take this other NSAID that's, you know, because we made this decision based on a formulary, uh, based on clinical, but probably not even clinical evidence, right? Um, and, and so it starts to look a lot like how pharmacy does right now, how um, it's being controlled by this um, central um, authority, the PBM, and they don't always make decisions that are best for the patient. And on top of that, they charge an administrative fee. So every time there's a claim that goes through, either the patient bears that cost or the employer or the government bears that administrative fee so that, you know, let's just say it's $5 a claim. So in addition to whatever the patient might pay as a copay, whatever in addition to whatever the government or the uh, payer or the employer might pay to to cover that medication. There's also that administrative cost associated, we'll call it $5. So if we cut out that layer, that's really not doing anything in the generic drug space other than adding a cost, um, we inherently lower the cost. And now what's hard for patients to understand is that might that savings might not be readily transparent to them, right? If we have a patient with a $0 copay, when we cut out that administrative cost, the patient doesn't see that benefit. The employer, the government, somebody sees that benefit, but not the patient. Um, now, you know, in the long run, they do because it means lower premiums over time. Um, but it is a hard sales proposition for some patients based on their copays. The easiest sales proposition is whenever a patient faces a higher cost out of pocket than what they do at a, at a cash um, or a cost plus pharmacy. Um, and so that's what we often see at Blueberry Pharmacy. And it's a very easy sales proposition is, hey, your insurance is going to charge you 30 bucks for this medication. Our acquisition costs on it's a, a dollar. And so we're going to do cost plus 10 and make it $11. And um, so we often get, well, how are you able to do that? Or, you know, how, you know, is, are your drugs legit? Like, it seems too, too good to be true. Are you like importing them or, you know, what, what's, what's, the, what's the catch? Yes. Uh, and it's literally we're just in removing that administrative level, um, and so there's there's no need for higher costs because we don't we have a lower overhead, a lower cost of running business, and we're removing several people in the supply chain that also have to make money. So if we remove those costs and that the money that they're making, we can lower the cost of care for patients. So you go to a traditional pharmacy if you're listening to this, and you take prescription medication. And you don't understand the costs are all over the place. One month, it's one price. The next month, it's double. The next month, it's all, like it, it's always changing. The pharmacy is directed on what they can do because you ask questions. How can you help me, Mr. and Mrs. Pharmacist? You know, this is literally all your insurance pays. So if you go to Blueberry Pharmacy, they take the insurance out of the equation. And all of a sudden, things start to get cheaper everything all your medication costs it's like how how and it's really that simple if you take insurance out of it also the unnecessary costs 
the spikes, the price hikes, the added burdens get taken out too. And I'll throw, I know you're the one asking questions today, but I'll throw a question back to you since you're most recently in the insurance world, having moved from that, you know, for patients to understand how insurance ad, adds costs, I'll ask you, what is the longest you've ever spent on the phone with an insurance company trying to get an override for a patient? Another excellent question. Definitely hours. I think I think my record is two hours and 17 minutes. And I'm sure once I say that, I'm going to get a DM from people trying to up me like, oh, dude, I went six hours. Like, I know <laughs> that's not a, quote, top tier time, but absolutely ridiculous. Because you can't even access the people who can get access to care for your patient. And I, and I know you were able to do something during that two-hour time. Like you weren't just sitting there twiddling your thumbs for two hours. But I asked that question because it highlights how it helps to lower costs if we remove insurance companies. That's an additional administrative layer that does nothing other than delay care mm -hmm. and increase costs. If you think, and I know you were doing other things, but if we take a pharmacist's salary, say 75, once we add in benefits, all this stuff, 75 bucks an hour. Uh, and multiply that by two, that's $150 added to that cost of care. And I know that's not a fair comparison because you were able to fill probably just as many scripts while you were on hold. But it, it's just that that level of, you know, you had to step out of your routine to make that call. You wasted a bunch of time on hold. Also that you could eventually just get a, a hey, yes, go ahead and fill that medication. We'll approve it now. Uh, in most cases, some cases it still isn't covered or, or approved and there's still delays to care. but nothing changed during that two and a half hour time other than you eventually got a yes, but $150 was added to the cost of that care, right? Yes. In the world of removing insurance, we don't have somebody staffing that call center to make those decisions. We don't have you wasting two hours of your time doing that. We don't have the interruption to your workflow in order to do that. Um, and so that's how, just in that one example, how cost of care can be driven down by just removing insurance from the mix. Exactly. So, so spot on. And then with that too, you've got that from the healthcare provider side, also the patient side, because someone's got to pay for the pharmacist to be doing this stuff. And you know, that's another layer. Now with that question, we're hearing this, we're like, yeah, it makes sense. Take insurance out. My meds will go down, but I'm already paying for insurance. Why would I go somewhere that doesn't accept it? which leads right into blueberry pharmacy. One of the most common well, questions. I'll just respond. I'll just respond to that. Like, cause this is where people need to really internalize the enough. People don't have that same reaction of uh, every time they go to fill up their gas tank, they don't have that same reaction of I should be using my insurance for this. I have car insurance. Why? <laughs> every time they get an oil change, I should be using car, my car insurance. Heck, whenever they get a little scratch in their car, their first thoughts typically like not, Hey, I should use my car insurance. Uh, do I really want to get this repaired? Probably not. It's just a little scratch, right? Like, um, like we don't think like that with other insurance products. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think we, we first have to recognize that we just have crappy insurance products, but also I'll, I'll let you finish your question there because that was it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think, um, the value proposition is that, Hey, you can actually lower your costs and, and uh, speed up care. I mean, for a lot of people, I mean, we see people that still fill at Blueberry Pharmacy that would otherwise have lower copays because either they've received faster care, more thorough care because we're able to spend more time with them on it, um, you know, or heck, maybe we, we don't even, we just help them sometimes navigate care at their insurance-based pharmacy 
and uh, they just pay us a fee for doing that. Um, so yeah, there's several reasons why people still choose to, to not use it. There's several people's reasons why people make the rational decision not to use their insurance. And that's because in reality, we shouldn't be using insurance for these products anyhow. Yes. And I would say the majority of people who come to Blueberry have insurance, but mm -hmm. even considering the copay, uh, the, the pre, all the, th all the costs that they, that would incur, it's still cheaper. It just not long-term, but in that moment overall. And I mean, the stories like they, they blow my mind. Like I was paying, you know, thousands a month. Now I'm paying less than 50 bucks over and over and over. And don't take our word for it. Like go on Google, type in blueberry pharmacy over a hundred five-star Google reviews. Like it, it, the stories are incredible. And these are from patients. These are from healthcare providers. There's even some pharmacists because they can't believe it either. <laughs> and we're in the trenches. Um, but but the, the amazing thing with this is there is an alternative. And the thing that I just want to iterate, what we're talking about, what Kyle is sharing is not some idea that's in a lab. This is something that he's built and has been growing consistently since 2020. This is not the future. This is right now. This is just where the future is going. We're just here in it. So Kyle, can you share a little bit about Blueberry, the cash model, what that's exactly called. And then if someone wants this, but they're not in Pennsylvania or Ohio, but they still would like access, a resource that you could share for finding those places so that they can access that quality of care. Yeah. Um, the, the transparent pricing model that we're describing uh, is called cost plus. And so what that is, is it's where we take the cost that we incur to buy that drug from the wholesaler. We add on a dispensing fee to cover our time, technician time, you know, things like the bottle that we put it in, the cap that we put on it, the label that we put around it, you know, our knowledge base to make sure that it's safe and effective for you. That's called our dispensing fee. Um, and so we take our cost to, to purchase that drug, add on our dispensing fee, and that's the cost that the patient then pays. Um, and so, for example, you know, our, our non-member price is cost plus 10. So I'll walk you through an example of if we buy, say, amlodipine 30 tablets, we buy them for like 20 cents or something like that. We add on our 5% markup on that. So we come up with like 22 cents, no, 21 cents. <laughs> then we add on our, our dispensing fee that makes the 30 tablets of amlodipine something like $10 and 22 cents or something like that, right? Um, and it's very drastically different from how the rest of pharmacy prices their medications. And so, as Adam, as you mentioned, you know, the, the, the movement, cost plus movement is fairly young. Um, we've had big players enter the market. Um, they don't really do true cost plus, so I won't even mention their name here. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, they, they call themselves cost plus, but they're actually just middlemen. Uh, they don't even have a pharmacy. Um, and so... Um, but they have brought a lot of light to the model, um, definitely a lot of media coverage to the model. But if you're looking for true cost plus pharmacies, that's where we've started a movement around you know, helping all of us network and get together and have a consistent place where patients can find us. And so we, we launched www.costpluspharmacies.com where patients can go see which states have pharmacies um, available to them uh, that use this pricing model. 
and uh, be directed right to their prices and to their websites and, and be able to, to reach out to those pharmacies. So very young, I think maybe like a handful of states, uh, maybe probably just under 10 states so far. But that's, you know, 20% of America. So we're getting there slowly but surely. It's definitely a growing movement. And um, it's an exciting time to, to be involved because um, the, the ground level. Yes. And, and to voice on that for the future, too, um, the healthcare system, especially in terms of pharmacy, has been a mess for decades. And Cost Plus launched, what, three years ago? So, you know, this has been an issue for decades. But in three years, we've got 20% of America. So imagine what will happen in five years, in a decade. Um, you know, God knows what will happen with the healthcare system, but but cost plus, yeah, <laughs> that that'll be legit. Um, but no, so I, I do want to direct you if you are a patient, if you're a healthcare provider, trying to help your patients who are on medication that they they genuinely need to be on, but they can't afford it, or they're just having a lot of issues with their insurance, or they do not have insurance. Um, to that website, costpluspharmacies.com, there will be a link in the show notes so you can get there one click that quick. Um, as well as blueberryfarmacy.com so that you can see Kyle's story, the work and impact that he has done uh, in the community. And again, this this model is not something that is a, an idea. It, it is working. And patients are seeing that and they're starting to spread the word. Providers even. We get calls every day from people all over the country. Uh, even like that's just big scale, but but small scale in our community, Blueberry was awarded best of the Berg, so best pharmacy in our community. So the community has spoken. The reach continues to grow because it's very clear there is a problem. What has always worked is no longer working. And it never was working, P.S., but here is the solution for what is working now and what will work even better than it is now in the future because what has been going on continues to drive down, continues to erode healthcare as a system overall, not to mention pharmacy as a profession. So, Kyle, I just want to say thank you for coming on and sharing and doing all this work. Um, and seeing if there's any other uh, final words that you had to share um, regarding Blueberry, regarding Cost Plus, because I'm sure people are hearing this, some for the first time maybe, and they're like, where do I go? Where do I sign up? How does it work? Yeah. Well, I'll just highlight one more thing about the model that actually you you just said something about how it can get better with time. And the current model is not incentivized to get better with time, right? Mm -hmm. um, reimbursement's falling to providers, so they've got to do more with less. And so quality of care goes down, right? Yep. So in this model where um, acquisition cost is fairly normalized, and so you're paying a cost plus price, patients can find the best service and the best price that works for them. So what we'll actually see is a better, instead of a competition over, you know, who can get the most volume, who can do the most revenue, things like that. It, it'll kind of die away. We'll actually see a, a competition over who can provide the best service because people will actually be paying directly for service. Yes. So when people vote with their wallets, you'll see a lot more innovation and a lot more competition. And actually the customer experience, the patient experience will actually improve over time. Um, things like the direct primary care movement are already seeing this where you can get, you know, basically 24 access, 24 seven access to a doctor for a fairly low cost each month. Um, and so similarly in pharmacy, we'll see very drugs that seemingly were very expensive before be very price competitive. And 
you'll actually get to reach a pharmacist on the first call into the pharmacy. Yes. Uh, and that's because we are now being incentivized to fight for people's dollars on service and not uh, just fight for as many scripts and as much volume as possible because reimbursement is so low. And so I think that's exciting for both providers because we get to start being providers again and, and also patients because they get to start having a better experience with healthcare. Spot on. And, and I think what's interesting overall, not just with healthcare, but just in our consumer behaviors over the last decade, it, it's been all about convenience and price. Like how can I get this fast at the cheapest thing? However, because that's been such a focus and it's been so erosive in so many different areas, people are like, wait a minute, where's the humanity in this? Like, I don't want to talk to a chat bot. I don't want to hear like, you know, press one, then four, then seven to talk to a human and be on hold for an hour. Like, where's the humanity? And it's shifting back to that, not just in pharmacy, but in a lot of different arenas too, in the fitness arena, in the supplement arena, like all these different arenas are all shifting toward this, I guess you could say comeback towards humanity. What a concept. But it, it's something that we crave because that pendulum swung so far away from our innate desires as humans that it's now coming back. And because that system of convenience and cost has been fueling itself for so long, it's actually destroying itself at the same time. So it's very interesting. And there's a lot of innovative people that are pioneers in this space. Uh, Elon, definitely one of them with the electric car, not even patenting his products. Like this is just out there because this is for the good of humanity. If someone can take these and do better than Tesla, do it. So it, mm -hmm. it's just amazing with so many different shifts. And like you said, people are voting with their wallets, which is the most powerful way to vote. Yeah. And it's impossible to patent the cost plus pharmacy model because it's literally just taking your cost and adding on a dispensing fee. <laughs> Our algorithms out there are in secret sauce, as you might say, is completely free to any pharmacy. And that's why people are like, uh, you know, like shocked whenever there's not more to it than just that yes um but yeah uh and so similarly you know it's not patentable so there'll be a ton of competition like there'll be a lot of competition on who who can provide the best service uh who who provides the best best patient experience people come to blueberry for a lot more than just the price um that might be what initially drew them there but uh the people that have the staying power it's typically not just the price that causes them to stay. It's uh, much more often that relationship as you're describing. So it's very, it's a very exciting time, and, and it, I think it's actually what will lead to better healthcare over time. Is, is um, as you described that that human human relationship and the relationships that that come from that. Exactly. And then coming full circle to what you just started with this interview, it's all about transparency, just being honest and integrity, because. You go into Blueberry or any of these cost plus pharmacies that do the no insurance, and they literally tell you, they'll show you their invoice. This is literally what we pay. This is what we do. Here's the formula. Here's all the secrets. You go call your insurance. First of all, you won't get through to them. <laughs> then they'll give you all this corporate jargon gobbledygook, and it leads you to the question, what are they hiding? Why are they not telling me the truth? So hopefully that seed that has been planted for years leads to the real answer of if you don't know, don't go. And just really look at that transparency of if someone is not telling you the whole story, why are they hiding it and what are they hiding? But when you have someone that is fully transparent and tells you exactly what's going on, who would not want to do business with someone like that? And more importantly, which one would you trust 
your own health with, your kid's health, your spouse's health, your whole family's health? Would you treat it? Would you trust it with people who are hiding things and don't tell you the whole story? Or would you go in and trust literally your lives with people who are telling the truth and doing right by people by just being honest and transparent? I think that's really what it comes down to. So mm -hmm. yeah, man, and you live that. So thank you for being a beacon for what's possible and for encouraging and mentoring so many people outside of pharmacy too, patients, uh, advocates, politicians, physicians, on and on and on for what can be because it what is and it is what will be based on what you continue to do for our profession and community. So seriously, thank you. Um, I think I speak on behalf of all of pharmacy and healthcare when I say thank you for being a pioneer and leading the change by becoming that and helping other people to do it too. Yeah, definitely. Thank you. Means a lot. Absolutely. All those links will be in the show notes so that you can get on Blueberry Pharmacy, so you can get the Cost Plus Pharmacies if you're outside of Pennsylvania or Ohio in the United States, or if you're international. I know a lot of people listening are tuning in from Australia, the UK, and Africa, so feel free to reach in and connect so that you can be the change that you wish to see in your country. This is Dr. Adam Martin of the Fit Pharmacist Healthcare Podcast, signing off with the one and only founder of Blueberry Pharmacy, Dr. Kyle McCormick saying, go forth, be great, and dispense your full potential.